What uh, radio show is this? The Sean Tester Show, of course. When's that? Where's that? call-in guest, Shelby. These are the kind of creatures that hang around the dad shack. On today's show, we're going to talk about the following. This is a subject that's probably near and dear to a lot of people's hearts, and that is knowing somebody either personally as a friend or as a family member, for some reason, always has to drag home the bottom of the gutter as far as people. We're talking about losers. We're talking about people who never have accomplished anything in their lives. They're, they're leeches, they're sponges. And for some reason, your friend or relative feels the need to rescue them. For some god-awful reason, can't be explained. Maybe it's a sickness. I don't know. But there's at least one person in every family who's gone through this or is going through this. You know, maybe it's a brother or a sister who just absolutely is attracted to tough guy types or, or ladies who, uh, they're drama queens. I always have to have some sort of drama going on. They aren't happy unless there's conflict. And maybe your home's become the crisis clinic. Or do you regret coming home? You sit in your car and just wish the whole situation could change? You just put your key in the ignition and drive away and never come back? Do you have a hard time telling people in your family or your friends that you can't stand the people they've dragged home and you wish they hadn't done it? Or maybe they've given away the family's estate shared it with somebody in an effort to be a hero without asking family, just they've decided they own part of the property so they're going to give it away. Never mind their kids. Never mind their parents or grandparents who worked for several generations to get an anchor or a foothold here in this country in America. And you've got someone in your family or some good friend who's going to take advantage of mom and dad and milk them for all they can, take their stuff. Do you know someone like that? There's someone in your family who just loves to go out and drag home the worst of the worst, whether they're males or females. That's what I want to know. I want you to call in today, 425-247-8827, and share your stories with us here on the Sean Teshner Show. Oh, our next calling guest is Maria. Maria, thanks for calling in the Sean Tesher Show. Great. Great to have. Well, you know, there's always somebody out there who, uh, for some reason, is attracted to a loser and drags that person home and makes everybody else's life a living hell, whether that's uh, close family or friends. I'm sure that you had something you would like to share or 
what you look out for, what are the warning signs or traps to avoid when confronted with these kind of situations? Well, yes, absolutely. Uh, being con confrontational and uh, opinionated as myself, uh, first thing first, I always check the background of the person that uh, either welcoming them into your family or to your house, making mm -hmm. sure the level of education. Um, it's an interesting who, point. Who, who, who do they know? Mm -hmm. References? Um, are they involved with a bunch of losers outside of, you know, uh, the people that you just knew and met now? Um, also, make sure they don't have any uh, criminal background uh, that's outstanding or warrant of arrest. Um, are they involved in drugs? Are they, um, what's their standing in school? What's their standing in the community? What's their standing with their family? Oh, are they abused as a child? Are they, um, or are they just completely dysfunctional, you know? Um, there's a lot of people in our world to this day and age that um, almost everyone is dysfunctional so many yeah. ways yeah and uh there's a lot of unhealthy issues we have now we can call you know depression is really big mm -hmm. um also um a lot of um people just get down to the cracks they uh, take drugs street drugs and then um hang out with more losers or just drift from so, job to job you know um i'll give you an example of what i'm talking about i have a cousin okay and he talked his mom into moving this young gal into the house. Uh, she had no job. She had a six-month-old baby. And she paid no rent. And he said, you know, she wasn't going to make it without their help. And he couldn't see her go live on the street, etc. Well, after about four months of this, my mom finally wisened up and said, well, aren't you going to pay some rent? And, of course, the answer was no. And then, of course, garbage was left inside the sink and the dishes and the refrigerator was just a, a pigsty. And then finally, after the girl was asked to leave, because she wasn't on a lease, uh, they went into the closet and they found an old diaper. And when they opened the diaper, it was full of maggots. I mean, that's just one example. Okay, but dragging home a loser. Someone who's just... And, and the cousin did this all the time. He... He never picked gals who were educated. He always had to have some bimbo on the line who was a, just a total loser, uh, pregnant or uh, on drugs, uh, on alcohol, uh, couldn't, couldn't survive a relationship at home, let alone with others. And you wonder how these people even survive. Okay. Well, well the thing for me is I have right in and there I would check. Okay, so is this the first time you've been homeless? You're bringing a child into this family. Um, you're going to get the rent free, food free, everything is free, shelter over you is free. And um, what what do you expect out of this? Like, are you looking for a job? Are you looking for, where's your resume? Um, are you hitting the phones? Are you going online because you don't have access to anything? Go to the library and get this information yourself. Who's going to babysit your kid? Who's going to, you know, these are things that you need to 
put together, making sure before you welcome in somebody. I know we all, we Americans are very, very generous and kind, but we also have to make sure that um, we know what we're getting into. Because if we don't, then we're both losers. Yeah, I saw this show on, on Netflix called um, Nightmare Tenants and Slum Landlords. It's in England. And it goes into all the different situations where people have moved in. They've broken into people's homes and squatted, even when the home's going to be renovated. And they can't get them out for like six to eight months, and they have to go through an eviction process and have them properly served. And then, of course, the sheriff has to show up, which adds another month or two. And some of these people can't pay the mortgage because they can't get anybody in there to rent the place, and so they lose it. They literally lose their property because somebody decided to leech off of them. That's the worst-case scenario, okay? Well, yeah, but you don't have to go to England. That's happening in Jackson Hole, Mississippi, or uh, the Loxley, Mississippi. I mean, that's the poorest of the poorest of all states in the entire United States. And you can you can go house to house, ghettos to ghettos. And if you want to just drive through that, oh, there's your 100% losers. It's, you know, it has nothing to do with what race you come from. It is about how you live your life. If you cannot get up that rat hole, then it, it's really sad. But it's a socialism of being poor, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it, that's what it's called. Or the politics of being poor would be a better way to say it. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. But that's, that's uh, you know, that's the social, um, what do you call that, behavior that uh, cannot be controlled anymore because you grew up, you live with it every single second of your life. And you don't know how and to be anything that, but poor, right? Yeah. No one's taught and you not to be poor. you don't know how to get out of that. Yeah. yeah, it's very, it's very sad. My wife it's used to say sad, to me that, my wife used to say to me, pay yourself first out of your paycheck, and then you'll never be homeless. And that's, I think that's very true. I really do. That's very, very Have you true. ever known that's any of your true. friends who've, you know, been attracted to like tough guys who won't go out and get a job, um, they go out and get drunk, they break holes in the wall, and after a while the woman realizes, well, you know, he was great to have around, but now he's tearing my place apart and I can't get him to leave. Uh, not in my world. I don't I don't recall because, number one, I wouldn't put up with that type of, you know, situation. Mm-hmm. There are I people never, like that. I'm, uh, yes, I, I will never put up in that kind of situation. Why yeah. would I? Well, some people you know, are attracted can... to these wife beaters, these wife beater types, you know. Worst case scenario, uh, no. and then there, no, then no, there's no, the opposite. Then there, there are weak guys who like strong women that you know are abusive too, and they'll never admit that they're being, you know, chased around the house with a knife or dishes being thrown at them or things like that. You know, a well, man the thing is, can't be abused. That's for them. That's their insecurities right there. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with their. Uh, they don't. They're blinded by those uh, behaviors because. To them, if I'm sticking to this person, at least I can eat, I can, I can, I have a roof over my head, you know, things survival. like that. And yeah. it doesn't matter of how much abuse of your, you know, it's the survival mode, right? Right. So you have to pick and choose. And if you, if you think that that's healthy for you, hey, good luck, have fun, but it's not going to work for me. Sounds like a real trap, but it sounds as if you've got a filtering process in place. 
I was smiling when you were mentioning checking their criminal background and education and all that. Most people will lie to you and tell you, you know, they're astronauts and they just got out of Harvard and they've been working for Boeing and Microsoft and, you know, tell you every lie under the sun. And once they're in your house and they're, they're sitting on the couch and they've made a, a home for themselves, they decide, well, I'm just going to leech off Maria here. You know, okay, she's got an open wallet. Here's a good one that I could share with you one time when I was uh, probably in my high school years. I, um, I was uh, working as a uh, admin at a doctor's office, and um, one of the guys that uh, one of our patients at that time was, uh, was one of the research lawyer, the number one or number two lawyer firm in San Francisco. And um, like a brilliant, brilliant man. But by the time he hits the five o'clock bar, mm. the guy practically became homeless because he was such an alcoholic. And there you go. Mm-hmm. It's it doesn't mean you know he was he was uh, uneducated. He didn't have a criminal background, but. Once you know his medical history and how many times he has been, you know, uh, confronted with alcoholism and uh, could not focus at work anymore, yeah, he has a great resume, uh, no criminal records, but thank God he hasn't had a hit and run or a DUI. But uh, it became it became so clear at the end that he was losing his life hmm. to alcoholism mm-hmm. and he became homeless mm-hmm. and his wife left him mm-hmm. who is also a lawyer that works in the same firm hmm. and um, see there you go and but see it has to be voluntary you have to choose right right the choices of life that you make you choose to be alcoholic because she didn't want to go to uh, triple A or double A alcoholic anonymous or you don't right. want to get uh, re- t- treatments he didn't do any drugs other than alcohol mm-hmm. but that's that's very simple uh, addiction in a way it's easy for us to say that said and done but um, he was one of you know probably one of the famous lawyers that there is in San Francisco hmm. brilliant man but but he had a tragic flaw. He had a tragic yeah. flaw, like Greek and Roman dramas. He, died. he probably yeah. died of, um, you know, uh, pancreatic or liver disease yeah. because of that. Yeah. You know, sad. But what I'm looking for is, do you know any girlfriends, or have you known any guy friends, who are always attracted to those types of people? They can never. They can never um, get into a relationship with anybody unless that person has a tragic flaw I or have some no sort of addiction. Idea. Okay. It's 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 never it's very difficult for me to explain that because I've never I, I don't I never ask personal questions. Number one, if I don't really know that person, or I voluntarily offer and say, you know, um, would you like to stay at my house? Which I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's safe. Well, Maria, thank you for uh, calling in and being a guest today on the Sean Tester Show. I sure appreciate your comments. You're welcome, Sean. All thank right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. 
And we're going to go to our next call-in guest, Joyce. Joyce, thank you for calling the Sean Tester Show. Well, thank you for having me, Sean. How are you today? Oh, I'm doing peachy. Just listening to one story after another and laughing. Nice. <laughs> yeah, well, I, w- I wanted to call in because, you know, I actually have a sibling, and this kind of rung home for me, where, you know, it's like I've dealt with this, and we've had to deal with this for a while now, where, you know, they would always bring home a certain kind of personality um, in, in a spouse. Um, their last boyfriend was, like, really a real narcissist, you know what I mean? And just, I mean, if you just think about the scale of narcissism, there is, because I almost think that everybody is somewhat on that scale at some point. But, you know, if you're really demonstrating at a high level with just the selfishness and the non-caring or not having empathy about others. So this has mm-hmm. been just like a reoccurring pattern that, you know, she's kind of displayed and I've noticed so that. So she hangs out with self-centered people, right? Right, right. Give me pigs. Gimme pigs. Gimme pigs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's and, and a lot of times like she's trying to please people. She's very good hearted, very genuine, but it's just, you know, a insecurity of her that but she's, that, she's uh, e- easily harvested. <laughs> right. Okay. Like they call it narcissistic supply. Okay. You know? Okay. She so, likes to be someone else's food, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, thankfully, she's recently broke up, broke off with this person, and you know, she's realized it in herself, which is kind of a turn up in this situation because she's, you know, kind of even, I guess, noticed the pattern of this and how it impacts your life or whatever. But it's also mm-hmm. like I think about how it impacts, you know, the family's life because every time this person would come around, it would cause like disharmony, and, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Problems, and almost every single body in the family have had some sort of, you know, reoccurrence with this person. So, I mean, I guess it's something that really just kind of uh, struck a chord when you brought up the topic. Well, you know, I've had this experience myself. I can't mention female or male. There's just someone in my family has always had the same string of dead fish to bring up out of the water and show to me and say, look what I caught. Isn't this beautiful? This dead trout is a salmon. There's always some fetish tied to dress it up, make it look better. Uh, it's like, how much lipstick can you put on a pig to make it look better? Uh, the pig's already half eaten or is, is, is so fat you can't even walk. Um, and I'm not talking about people. I'm just talking about uh, people who consume others and allow others who are, to allow them to victimize them. <laughs> anyway, sure. string of dead fish, one loser to the next uneducated, uh, never tried to do anything except hang around and just leech and sponge off of this person. And I've, I've stopped and I said, hey, look, look at yourself. Every time that you bring someone home, you're always giving this person a ring. And then when things don't work out, you melt the ring down, you go back down the jewelry store, and then you go find the next victim. And it's always the same string of people that are so lonely and you yourself don't want to be alone that they're desperate enough to grab you and you've got an education and you're making good money, you have a good job, maybe until the money runs out and then that person reminds you that you're a loser because you lost a job. And maybe it's the industry you're in, you know, that goes from job to layoff, but not all jobs are the same. But the bottom line is, this person buys new vehicles, 
for the people or and or their family members. Um, clothes, jewelry, pays all the bills. Right. And. Right. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, no connection. Kind of sounds... No connection yeah. that that these people that are dragged home are harvesters. And you notice I'm not mentioning names here. But the bottom line, the other kid, and they're angry as hell at the parent because the parent, guess what, always rescues everybody but the kids, and the kids recognize that the kids are adults now. Those are the kind of people I'm talking about today. Okay, your turn. Yeah, that's really sad. I mean, there's some people, and you like, you know, you can always look at the good and, and people. Some people are genuine people, but they just, for whatever reason, have you know, a superb ability to attract idiots <laughs> or people that are going to, you know, have a negative impact in their life. And I've seen that happen a lot. And, you know, it's, it's really sad because, you know, it's not something, it's not a trait that is all of a sudden learned. It's something that, you know, can probably spot it from earlier on, like kind of how you were explaining. So, yeah, it's, it definitely is something that, you know, impacts, I think, every family at some point where there's, you know, a sibling or somebody in the family that's, you know, about themselves or they have their own kind of mentality of what justice looks like and, you know, kind of darn the rest and, and they don't, they may or may not be conscious of how that affects everyone else and or they just don't care. You well, know, here's, that's when it gets dangerous sometimes. Here's the worst part of it, Joyce. There was never a marriage promise made, therefore legally this person would never inherit anything left behind except for it being willed to that person. And now that it, there's been this grand announcement that guess what, so-and-so is in the will, you know, it's it's like, well, great, now what do we do? You know, the family's helpless and powerless. And in this state of Washington, if you stay with a person more than seven years, guess what? You become common-law wife or husband. So that person could come back later and make claim, and the rest of the people that own the property are, you know, SOL, because now they have to deal with the person that's survived the other family member passing away, and the other person's self-image was to the point where I have to be the hero all the time, and you guys haven't been there for me. That's, yeah. That's a really tricky situation because it's like it sounds like you know the children are involved. Even if they get older, they, they're going to have that resentment, you know. Oh, it's it's deep, really deep. Yeah. Especially when the kids say, "Well, why are you always rescuing all these dead fish? Why don't you rescue us first? Right. And the kids are telling the truth. And then when I brought up the subject, the response has been, "Don't tell me how to raise my kids. That's my business." have people who are like they say love junkies love addicts you know it's a dopamine for them almost to where they will sell out their own kids and put, you know throw people under the bus just so they can feel that high of having someone and you know it's really kind of a sick uh codependency situation yeah. where it's really not about the other person it's really about them you know and unless they're able to realize that and do real work uh, to try to, you know, improve that situation, uh, it's just, it's always going to be there, you know? I think it's anger-fueled. I think that's sure. where the sickness is, is the person has to hold on to that anger. Yeah. They talk about, what, what's that, the, the savior complex? You know, it kind of sounds a lot like that. Jump on your you know, sword. Not to try to Jump on your sword. Yeah. yeah. 
So for sure. no matter how hard I've tried to talk to the family member, it's not listening. Uh, there's no change in the lifestyle. And I've said out loud, well, I guess we have to wait till you've been harvested then before you wake up. Right. And a lot of times they won't come back or they won't want to come back and say, you know, you were completely right about <laughs> that situation. I, like I said, I've dealt with this within my own uh, life. And, you know, a lot of times you don't want to necessarily be the one that's right. A lot of times you don't want right. to be right. But when you see it as a reoccurring pattern and you see what kind of toxicity it causes, you know, it's like you have to say something. And, you know, and that uh, can also ostracize you from that person. And sometimes they'll go into isolation and you'll see a string of passive aggression and all kinds of, you know, different behaviors as well, the, a reaction to you trying to help in some ways and at least be a, a, you know, a tone of reality. The worst part of it is one of these dead fish that was dragged home was the same age as my mother. Oh, wow. Yeah. So where do you go with that psychology? And my mother is 25 years older than myself. Unfortunate, yeah, maybe so. There's something, yeah, there may be something emotionally. I don't know what it is, but you know, there was always talk of, well, look how beautiful this person is, all dressed up, and look at how sexy that person is, all dressed up, and wow, look at this. And and I say, well, I guess you can dress up a dead fish, but it's still a dead fish, right? It's still going anywhere, yeah. So, anyway, these are the kind of people I'm talking about. If you know people in your own family that are, I say, sick like this, I, I can't find any other way to explain it. Um, I'm not trying to be any better than the family member. I'm just saying it, it it's hurting the kids now. It's almost multi-generational. I know my grandfather oh, yeah. never acted like this or my grandmother or my parents. So I'm wondering why this is happening, you know, with siblings. It just doesn't make sense. Have you ever asked that person, you know, why do you think you keep, you know, attracting, or is it just they just completely are in denial, or they haven't seen the pattern themselves? All of the above, and and then there's the you're just trying to be better than me, and you know, when it came to us growing up, you were always competing with me for mom and dad's love, and you know, I don't really care anymore. You guys can all burn in hell, that kind of attitude. You know, I always kind of, with my own sibling, just want, and we always positive affirmation about it. You know, you're an awesome person, and, you know, you really have so much to offer to really be uh, tracking. And, you know, it seems like, I don't know if that was something that influenced her decision, but, you know, recently it sounds like she's really taken some time back, and I'm so happy for her because she's really a very good person, you know, and I it sounds like she has kind of surveyed some of the her experiences and have seen that, you know, they're, they're not healthy decisions, especially with the type of goals she has in mind for her own life. And I'm really happy about that. And, you know, she, I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, like it's kind of what you're saying before, she, anybody can go to the food bank, anybody can do bad by themselves. So really if you're doing this out of just some codependent need to have someone in your life to fill a void, you know, then, you know, just call a spade a spade. Some know? people just can't be alone, Joyce. They don't right. know how to be alone. Right. It's not It's not easy for everyone to do that. Yeah, some people just have to have someone there, even if the person would literally drag them to hell. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or just have someone to fight with every day. Yeah. You, you make me feel other... good because you fight with me. <laughs> right. Any attention is, is, is better attention than no attention, you know? Yeah. Well, what do you think the solution is to people who drag home losers? 
think from my perspective is I'm big on self-actualization. Like, am I, first of all, am I really looking at this situation soberly, you know, and have I been guilty of this in my own life to see how maybe I felt in that scenario? But second of all, if it's something that becomes too toxic for me to be around, I do put my distance between myself and that situation so that, you know, you just can't internalize that for a long amount of time without being affected. And it does, it does, you know, have little places in your life where it'll pop up and, you know, can cause depression. It can cause anger. It can cause all kinds of different emotions that, you know, I don't, I, I don't necessarily want to feel at this time in my life. I have enough problems, you know, personally. So after I think you've had an open conversation with the person and, and really just, you know, at least try to stay on a positive tone with them, like, you know, and encourage them to do the best they can and listen, this is what the, I can see, you know, you're, you're this, this, and this, you don't need this. And if they, if they continue that pattern, then you know it's really deeper than just you and you're really not going to be you know, the voice of reason at that, that t- time. It's really up to the person to, you know, pull up their bootstraps and just take care of the situation, but that's what they're going to do. And that's why I say you really can't change people. The only thing you can do is change yourself. So if it's becoming something that's uh, toxic for you, you may have to remove yourself from the situation and put a little bit of distance so that you can maintain some, you know, at least some, some health, uh, mental health, you know. Well, that's kind of tough when you live on the same piece of property and they are, their voices are so loud through the floor or through the windows that are open that they forget to close. That you hear them mutually, mutually abusing one another. In fact, one comment I heard yelled through the window the other night was, what, you want me to go out and get a $300,000 mortgage just so you can continue the war with them? What a comment. And I thought, maybe this is the turning point here. Maybe this is where the infection, you know, is going to come under control. I don't know. But, yeah, I've tried everything. Seen abusive relationships in my life within my own kind of, you know, family units before between people, and um, it just doesn't get better. It just, it just, well, it, that's one thing I noticed. It just never will get better unless you yourself kind of, you know, have to figure out what you're, what you need to do as a result of that. So, yeah, that's a really hard position to be in. If you're staying in the same, you know, uh, household is, you know, two people who are having these type of relationships because at the same time, it seems like they're not even cognizant of how it's impacting other people or don't just, just don't play and give a damn, you yeah. know, or they enjoy being punching bags for one another. That's possible, but you know, it's still, it's like, you still That's have to be it. aware of your surroundings and how that might influence other people. And you know, it is, it is an energy vampire type situation. Uh, when I am around it, it drags me down. I know it drags other kids down who listen to it. And it makes the kids feel hopeless, uh, makes them feel abandoned, uh, makes them feel as if their whole future is, you know, on the line and there's never any permanence. Uh, there's no airport, airport to land at because the runway is always full of holes. Sounds like, and they, I don't know, I'm big on energy, so it's like, you know, that's a, it sounds like some low frequency going on. You know, and if you're trying to live a happy life without problems, uh, that definitely is not a, a good environment for, you know, trying to do that. So hopefully that's something that definitely improves. Um, have you had a conversation with any of these people or both people to kind of yeah. explain what it sounds like from outside? Or how yeah, it feels and again, I, I think it goes to education levels. Um, 
I'm reminded that the person who has the, the good job out of the two of them uh, has a basic college education. It's not an easy degree to get. However, I've gone one level past that and gotten a graduate degree, and so that's held against me. And then when I say something, it's, oh, there you go with your lectures again. Oh, there you go with your, your superiority as a teacher. Well, guess what? I'm family. You're not going to teach me. And I'm saying I don't say it, I don't say it to try and be a teacher. I say it because I see this happening, uh, and in some points in my life, I've allowed that to happen to me, and I've woken up, and I've rescued myself. You know, I've gotten myself out of a bad situation like that. I haven't allowed myself to continue to be in a toxic environment or be someone else's punching bag, and that's where I'm at and that's where I'm comfortable being and because I love myself I'm okay with being alone yeah and that's a form of abuse too when when you're trying to be open and be as positive and forthcoming with someone about a serious situation and they're dismissing your concern with some sort of you know mask of education or anything else that has nothing to do with the natural because honestly there could be somebody who has a GED would it really matter if they're if they're telling you the truth and, and uh, you know pointing out the BS? Exactly, I've met a lot of dumb people who've gone through college. Believe me. Sure. So, well, Joyce, thank you for calling into the Sean Tester Show today. I value your opinions. Uh, obviously, I'm going to have to heavily edit some of the things we've been talking about. <laughs> However, no you, worry, you're you always always one of those calling guests that I enjoy having because you, you go deep in your answers. So I'm sure well, the public will benefit. I always enjoy the topics, and uh, I look forward to uh, your future shows. Thank you so much. So have a good talk day. to you later. Bye. Well, I'd like to thank today's calling guests, Maria and Joyce. If you have an idea for a topic you'd like to share here on the show, please email me at trashner at hotmail.com or call me at 425-247-8827. If you don't reach me right away, please leave a voicemail, and I promise I'll get back to you and we'll make you part of our show. A reminder to our guests today, all audio recordings and participation in the show become property of the show and will be used for profit and worldwide distribution internet by myself. And with that, we close the show. Thanks for listening. What uh, radio show is this? The Sean Teshner Show, of course. When's that? Where's that?